Well, joining us is Ken Hodge, color for BC Radio and also uh, BC alum and uh, also uh, playing in the NHL for a number of years. Uh, Ken, first of all, your thoughts uh, last night's game? Pretty entertaining game from start to finish. It was, Mike. I thought uh, both teams had a lot of energy last night. It was, a, 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 unfortunately, a little bit of a penalty-filled hockey game, and it kind of took away from the flow of the hockey game. Both teams having to kill penalties uh, more, for, more towards Merrimack, having to kill 11 out of the uh, penalties to BC 6 or 7, I think it was. But it takes away from the flow of the game, but I think you have to learn that you can't do some certain things and maybe kind of keep yourself out of, the, out of going in the penalty box. Um, but again, I thought it was a real high-energy game. I thought as the game wore along, both teams got a little bit better. I was really impressed with the Merrimack defensemen, how active they were, not only in the defensive zone, but also in the neutral zone and in, the off, in, the, uh, in, their, in, their, in their offensive zone as well, keeping pucks in the offensive zone and uh, led to some quality opportunities. Yeah, more of an up-and-down game, I think, between these two teams than we've tended to see in the past, especially down at Conti Forum. I agree. I thought uh, you guys skated very well last night, Merrimack. I, I mean, I thought they skated just as well as BC did. I thought uh, uh, Joey Canada was very good in net when he was called upon to make some saves. Uh, Johnny Muse as well was good in net. Uh, I thought the flow was very well, very good. It was, a, it, was a, it was a good game to watch, good college hockey, hockey game. Now, you've been in a situation last night. We, we talked about Joe Canada, and he had played so well, and then the two tough goals he gave up in the third period. Uh, you know, you, you've been out on the ice when that's happened, and, and you know how well the guy has played and, and what kind of an effort he's given. What, 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 is, what does the feeling tend to be, and, and what do the guys try to do in a situation like that to pick him back up? Well, obviously, the, the old cliche is it's a, team, it's a team game, and it obviously is a team game. And when the guy has played as well as he did, and, and he lets up that one goal, uh, the Paul Carey off the boards, you say to yourself, okay, boys, he's, he's bailed us out in the past. We have to do something to help bail him out. Uh, you know, and then the unfortunate play where uh, Jim, uh, Kevin Hayes dumps the puck and it hits him off the shin pad and goes right in the front of the net. So now you're on the bench and you're really saying, hey, we really need to pick him up. I know he's feeling bad for uh, for the mistakes that he made. Um, you really try to pick your goaltender up in that situation because you know at some point during the season he's going to do that to you. You know, talking about BC, I know that uh, Jerry's still trying to find line combinations that are going to work. He had carry on the first line with Gibbons and Atkinson, and that seemed to work out pretty well last night. Yeah, I think anyone that plays with Atkinson and uh, <laughs> and uh, Gibbons are going to be okay. But Paul Carey has is, is, is been skating the last year, year and a half. He's gotten a lot better. He seems to be more engaged offensively. He's doing the things that you know, as as a draft pick of the Colorado uh, Avalanche, they were looking for him to do, and that's being uh, a physical presence on the ice, uh, dump and chase, and use your feet. And Paul's doing that. Now he's getting an opportunity in the number one line as well. And we heard uh, some of the players, I think it was Pat Mullane, uh, commented after last night's game that he was impressed with, with the uh, the four checks and the different looks that Mark Dennehy threw at, at BC last night. What did you see out there that was different than, I guess, than what BC usually sees? Well, initially I thought they were going to do a, a four-man trap in the neutral zone and kind of let BC make mistakes in the, in the, in the neutral zone and, and try to turn those mistakes into offense. And that's how it started. It, it seemed that way. And then all of a sudden he changed his four check to be very aggressive. And I think it caught BC a little bit by surprise. Uh, I don't think uh, BC was expecting that. I know that they expect a, a aggressive forecheck here at, uh, at the Lawler Arena. I don't think they were expecting that last night. I think it caught them by surprise. And, you know, give Mark a lot of credit. I think Mark's done a great job with the team he's, he's had, uh, had them as prepared as they were last night. The stretching of the ice, which they've tended to do, not a surprise. Now people come to expect it, but uh, sometimes does still lead to some chances. It does. And, you know what, uh, it, they did a nice job. I thought they changed their flow in the third period, and all of a sudden you had that guy floating, and now you, as a defenseman, you have to kind of come back in the neutral zone. Now it's a four-on-four four battle down low in your defensive zone, and so now you have to be accountable for your guys, and when you have that opportunity to get that puck, you, you know, it, it, it gets out of the, gets the puck out of the zone <laughs> pretty quickly. <laughs> 
Now let's talk about a little bit about tonight's game, BC, with uh, a couple of guys out due to injury. Tommy Cross got hurt again last night. First of all, how's he? Uh, they say three to six weeks. Uh, the optimistic would be three. It's more towards, I think, the latter. Um, I, I don't think we'll see him till the, the BC plays at uh, Dartmouth at Christmas time. Um, that's a huge loss for them. Uh, not offensively, uh, but in the locker room, he's an assistant captain as a junior. Um, he brings a little bit more uh, cachet as being the, the veteran, if you can call him a veteran, as a, as a junior uh, uh, guy that's been in the trenches a little bit. Uh, he's going to be missed. Isaac McLeod will step in in his spot, and I think he'll do a good job. Uh, he, they, they have high hopes for Isaac as he goes along. Um, so we'll see what happens. And then they also lost Stephen Whitney as a forward as well, so they're down a forward. And BC's not a deep team. They don't have a lot of uh, guys sitting in the stands uh, like other teams might have. Uh, they only have three guys that aren't dressed. So you now you're asking guys that probably don't play a lot of minutes to now play some valuable minutes. Well, I guess tonight we're going to see Parker Milner in net. And, of course, he had a very strong, very solid freshman year last year. Um, it looks like we're going to see the two guys uh, split time an awful lot this season. Uh, it's funny because Muse is the guy who has the accolades and has the two national championships under his belt, yet Milner has played arguably just about as well as he has. Well, it's funny. Going into the playoffs last year for BC, Parker Milner, it was his job to lose. Uh, and you play UMass in the first round. He gives up, uh, I think it was five goals. He ended up winning 6-5 against UMass in the first game. We never saw Parker Miller again. <laughs> so uh, John Muse stepped up and obviously took him to the championship. But uh, um, Parker's uh, a big goaltender. He's not as um, um, reactionary as John uses. John's a little smaller goalie and he has to be reactionary. Parker just gets in a good position and he kind of slides uh, side to side. And um, He had a good year last year. Uh, they have a lot of confidence in him. The coaching staff has a lot of confidence in him. Uh, he has a shot under his belt as well. He went out to Denver and won 3-0 couple of weeks ago, so he's got a lot of confidence in his game as well. BC coming into this rink, we know that the, the teams played three times last year. Merrimack won the game here. BC won two games down at, at Conti Forum. I guess what has made it difficult for BC coming into this building? Well, uh, two things. I think it's a smaller neutral zone. Uh, they don't get to get their feet moving as, as much as they can in other buildings. And Mark is a good team. Mark is a really good team, and it's a it's a different Merrimack team than it has been in the past. Where, you know, you think, you, okay, you're right on the schedule, okay, two points. You know, uh, you don't have that anymore with Merrimack. Uh, they've done it. Mike's done it. Mark done it. He's done a great job with the program. He's got some quality players that are committing to, to Merrimack, and when you have commi uh, quality players, you have a good team, and that's exactly what Mark has. He's got a good team here, and. Uh, I know I sent my little poll into you earlier, and I, I, I predict uh, Merrimack will be top four, or even maybe top two in the, in the league this year. I, I really think I really feel that highly. Uh, you have a solid goaltender in Joe Canada, and uh, obviously DaCosta and Barton are great hockey players as well. I want to shift gears a little bit, talk about more of a, I guess a bigger picture to kind of issue. Saw an art. Uh, mention of an article today in the uh, Pioneer Press, I think, in uh, St. Paul said that there's going to be uh, basically a summit now between uh, the NHL and, 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 I guess, uh, you know, coaches and leaders from the NCAA conferences uh, with regard to the whole issue of the of the NHL players taking so many players or uh, NHL teams taking so many college players early. Uh, for my, I guess my first question is, what, what can really come out of that? Because, I mean, if a team wants to take a guy, they're going to take him. Well, exactly right. And, you know, the thing, too, think about junior hockey up in Canada. You, you play to your 18, 19 years 
old and you go you know, turn pro. So what you're going to end up having is guys say, well, why do I want to go play college hockey when I can go play up in uh, you know in Canada and play 18 until I'm 18, 19 and, and make the money. Right. You know, so you might hurt your your game that way um, as well. Now whether they go and reach out to the OHL and the Q or all those teams, all those divisions up in Canada as well, and say, hey, you know, let's have a mandor- mandatory 20-year-old you know age limit where you can take a player. I don't know who knows. I mean, uh, but you know, you look at the Bruins with uh, Tyler Sagan. I mean, 18 years old and he's playing for the National Hockey League team, and he's making you know $900,000, a million dollars, whatever he's making. How do you how do you tell a kid that's 18, 19 years old that you can't make that money? Right. Well, too bad. <laughs> I'm going to make it. You know, <laughs> you know, you and I would take that. I'm sure. <laughs> so you're thinking that maybe there'd be this, this 20 year old mandatory age almost across the board that would cover both junior and college? That's something that should be, in my opinion. Uh, you know, you help both games. You know, you help uh, you help a kid mature, uh, and you help the college game, and you help the the the, uh, the, the national team, the junior team up up in Canada as well. I think that really helps. I mean, that's the only way you can do it, in my opinion. Um, will it happen? Who knows? It's wishful thinking. I'm going to ask you one more question, more of a big-picture kind of question. Penn State, of course, uh, been a rival of BC in so many sports, football in particular. They're joining uh, Division One hockey in a couple of years here. Uh, what's going to be the fallout of that? I think it's going to be huge for college hockey, to be perfectly honest with you, Mike. I think it, instead of having 52 teams like they have now, I think you're going to see some more teams down the road just turn you know, Division One college hockey. It's going to make the game better, I think. You're going to have more teams, more rivalries going to be created. You know, I think you're going to see a, Penn, uh, a, a Big Ten conference in hockey, and you know what? And that's going to be great for hockey. I mean, uh, they don't have the exposure like football and basketball have. Maybe you know, getting the, uh, a, a league like a, a Big Ten hockey league together might bring some more exposure, and that's exactly what I think college hockey needs. You've had a situation in the last few years where WCHA and hockey East arguably been the, in, through the 2000s, been the top two leagues, and uh, with the CCHA, you know, jumping up here and there, but still. Most of the national titles been won by those two conferences. If the WCHA and the CCHA fracture with the Big Ten forming, does that leave Hockey East as arguably the top league in the country? I would think so. You know, I would think so. I would think that that's what's going to end up happening. But that being said, how good does the Penn State become, and how fast do they become a power? Uh, how how fast does Michigan continue to con- to progress? Uh, Ohio State can they progress? You know. You never know. I mean, uh, but I do. I would think if the, if those those uh, guys fracture fracture off, hockey could be the, the dominant uh, conference uh, down the road. All right. Thanks, Ken. Always great to see you. Talk to you again soon. Uh-